We are in a, uh, a, a great series. I'm looking forward to each Sunday as we uh, try to discover exactly who God has created us to be. And, and our, our kind of our illustration is a, a checker chip um, or disc that uh, on one side, it's just a regular piece of wood and, and, and you just try to survive the game from getting one end of the board to the other, knowing that when you get to the other side, that if you make it to the other side, you get crowned and and, and so life takes on a new meaning. Well, I want you to know that uh, lots of us live on this side not knowing exactly who we are. And so hopefully as we go through, continue to go through this series, a picture of who you are gets brighter and brighter and uh, that you begin to comprehend. And just a kind of a, a review that, you know, who are you? you? You were thought of before the world began. And, and it's really hard to take that in, that before there was anything, there was God, and God thought of you. And uh, that'll either puzzle you, as I say, be said before, or it'll roll your socks up and down grasping that before creation you were thought of. And then that you were made in the image of God. I think we have those slides. What's the first one, Stu? Yep, known before the creation of the world. And the second one is that you were made in the image of God. That you are not an accident. There's a purpose to your life. You are different than everything else that God created. You were made in his likeness, in his image. And then... Mike shared that we are fallen, broken. That word that we, we struggle with sometimes, that three-letter word sin, where I is centered and it's all about us. And, and it, when we get that way, it ripples through and breaks everything that we touch when it is about us. And then last week, we understood because of the cross of Jesus Christ, he takes on, he who lived a perfect life takes on our sin and our failings. It pays the penalty without the shedding of blood. The Bible says sin cannot be forgiven. That's how awful it is coming before a holy God. Jesus takes that on himself and we get his rightness or the Bible would say this big word righteousness. We become like him. And... Um, Today, we're going to learn about living life a new way. And what I'm going to share today is often quoted. We will throw this Bible verse out, but less often believed and rarely acted upon. Bible verse well known, less often believed and rarely acted upon. So in light of that, I think I need to pray. So join me in a prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit to take the words that are written on the page and write them on our hearts in such a way that we're changed as we are meant to be more into your likeness. If there would be anything that would hinder that, I pray to remove it. For we've come to see Jesus, to be changed by Jesus, 
to look a little more like Jesus. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Okay, what if I told you that Jesus did not die to forgive your sins? Would you throw me out? Some of you are contemplating that. Or at least reduce what you're paying me. Because obviously, I'm not making what I, not saying what I should say. But the good news of Christianity is not based, is not centered on the forgiveness of sins. The good news the Christian faith is not centered on the forgiveness of sins, although that happens, and it's important. But you see, that only addresses our past. It's only about what has happened. You see, Jesus did not die to save us from something. Jesus died to save us for something. And that is a big, big difference. You know, forgiveness is about what has happened in the past. And, and it is important. But if it's just about Jesus saving us from something, then we would just rest because that's been done. And we could do then whatever we wanted and try to make it through life. So let me say it again. Jesus didn't die to save us from something. Jesus came to save us for something. For something. In fact, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly, life to the full, life eternal. But how do many of us live that promise? We try harder. We, we kind of, it kind of feels like a carrot on a stick that's held out there and we have to strive to do better. Kind of like living in a continual um, New Year's Day resolution. We have to be better. We have to be better. It's up to us. We have to turn over a new leaf. We have to straighten up. We have to fly right as believers. The key verse to help us to understand why Jesus came, I believe, comes in, from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18. Here's that familiar verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He slash she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It begins if anyone. And so that includes everyone in here. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Do you know that that phrase in Christ in the New Testament is used about 100 times? But do you understand what that means? In Christ. You are in Christ when you take a step of faith believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, 
took your sin, you get his righteousness, his rightness, you are in Christ. The cross is his shed blood is the payment for your sin. I love what Paul says in 2 Galatians 2.20. In, in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this word in Christ is, is kind of a status. It's, it's a word of relationship. And uh, let me give you a very poor illustration of what that means. <laughs> Let's say that this bucket is a bucket and this ball and we put the ball in the bucket. The ball is in the bucket. Very good. So, in the same way, because of Christ's death on the cross and our faith, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. Christ lives in me. This new status is that the Bible would say we are in Christ. That when God the Father looks at us, he sees Christ. And the interesting thing, no matter what happens to this bucket, happens also to the ball inside. There is this unique relationship. By faith in Christ, we are in Christ. And that is our status. What is true of this bucket becomes true of this ball, which means what is true of Christ becomes true of us. So when you're in Christ, all that is true about him becomes all that's true about you. So again, this illustration falls apart in lots of different ways, but I want you to know when you make that commitment to Christ, this is what happens. You are now in Christ. God sees Christ when he looks at you and me by faith. And then it goes on to say, if we go back to the verse, if anyone is in Christ, he, she, is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. Now look, it has already happened. The old is gone. You are new because of Jesus Christ. That's what this tells us. It's not that Jesus spit polishes us to be a better us. We, the old of us is gone. The new of us resembles Jesus Christ. It's a done deal. It's already happened. You know, Paul had a choice. I'm using this word new creation. He could have used the Greek word that meant renovated. You know, like fixed up. Like you get a house that's broken down and, and you're going to renovate it. You make it look like new. You fix it up. He did not use that term. The term that he used 
I am doing a brand new. What was there before is no longer there. You are a brand new. The essence of who we are has been transformed to be like Christ. Now, this was foretold, predicted, prophesied in the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. Look what God says through Ezekiel to his people. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from your idols I will cleanse you. I will take away your filth. It's what Jesus did on the cross. He paid for our sin, but he doesn't leave it there. He goes on, and I will give you a new heart. Back then, 700 years before Christ, I'm going to give you a new heart. A new spirit will I put within you, and I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. What the Bible says, when we are in Christ, we are a new creation, our heart of stone that didn't comprehend spiritual things, holy things, didn't desire to follow and be who God creates to be, I will remove your heart of stone. And I'm going to replace it with a heart of flesh that is alive by my Holy Spirit. It's nothing that you do. It's nothing that I do. It's all what God has done. And I will open you to all the things I have for you. Now, a great illustration of this is the Apostle Paul. Talk about a hard-hearted person. He put women and children, men, in prison because they had a different belief. He was willing to put them to death if they didn't follow his religious understanding. And God met him on the road to Damascus. And the first thing he does as he meets Jesus Christ, he says, Lord, he, he gives himself over. He becomes in an instant a new creation. His heart of stone is taken away. And the New Testament is full of his writings on that there, in Christ, there's no Jew or Greek. There's no circumcised or uncircumcised, male or female, slave or free. That there is a new way. And when we see it in Paul, and he writes about it, he says, for you once, speaking to you and I in the church, you were once darkness, but now you are light. Now notice, it's a done deal because of faith. It's not you're becoming light. You are now light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. 
Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but expose them. There's a new radical discontinuity between how you were and how you now are. And he writes to the church of Colossians. In almost every one of his writings, he writes about this. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. It's a done deal. They haven't died physically, but they've already spiritually been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him in glory. And what I want you to know in all of these scriptures, it's a done deal. You don't have to earn it. We just have to live it. You go, wait a minute, Jerry. If that's true, how do I live into it? I'm overwhelmed. If we were honest with ourselves, I'm overwhelmed with my own sin that still haunts me, encourages me, tempts me in my thoughts, in my actions. If I'm a new creation, how come I still have those tendencies to do the things I don't want to do and not do the things that I am supposed to do. How can this be true? Because you and I live in an already and a not yet world. That's what the text is telling us. In one sense... You and I are already new creations. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus because of your faith. But the frustrating part is we're not there yet in how we live our lives. You see, it's a two-phase situation. One, already in Christ that when God sees us, he sees Jesus. But notice, we're not yet where he would have us be. There's a process of sanctification that continues through God's presence in our lives to make us more like Christ. Now, I know that that's mind-boggling, but the thing is, we live it. The Bible says, you are a new creation. The old is gone. You are like Jesus. And we get up every day and we live like us. And I'm afraid until we close our eyes in this world, we will never be 100% like Jesus but we are in the process of becoming like him, becoming the person that we already are. And that's the good news. That's why 
Christ died. He died for who we are becoming in Christ, restoring us back into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So in some ways, the Christian faith, living the Christian faith, will always seem a little beyond us. But we need to live in the truth of who we really are. Listen. We, not, we need not fret about what we're not yet. We need to celebrate who we are. For instance, some of the verses. You are light, so live as light. You are free from sin. You do not have to sin. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Christ lives within you. Live by faith. You can flee evil, for sin no longer has a hold on you. You have been raised, so set your mind in heavenly things. It's a choice that we make. One of my favorite uh, illustrations Years ago, I was at Glendale Mall. I've shared this before in Glendale, California. It's three city blocks long. I mean, it just goes on forever. And there was a pet store. And we, we walked into the pet store, and it, the, the door was wide open. And, and it, you know, like the garage sort, uh, size door into this pet store. And there were animals all over. But in the middle was this huge vat. Uh, it was about that high of glass, and it probably had 30 canaries in it. And, and it had a little, little stick in the middle, but I, I couldn't believe that the canaries would not fly away. There was nothing on the top of this vat. And these birds are just there walking around this vat. And I asked the clerk, why do they not fly away? And the clerk said, well, when they were born, when they were young, they had their wings clipped. And so as they grew, they could not fly. And she said, the incredible thing is, is that since they've been clipped, those wings have healed. Every one of those canaries could fly out of the store into the mall and never come back. But they don't know who they are. And so they live trapped in their past experience. And they make no attempt to fly when they have all the freedom in the world to fly. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is the same for you and me. We've lived a long time thinking that it's up to us to do the best we can and all we do is fail. And we're defeated and we hope one day Jesus comes back and we'll make it all right. When in actuality, you are a new creation by your faith in Christ, you can fly. 
You can live that new life. You and I just don't know it. We don't have confidence because we're reminded about all the times we've tried and failed. But the Bible says that old is gone. Live into who God has made you to be. Knowing who you are is the first step in becoming who you are. Have we lived this side so long that we're not willing to live this side even though this is true of us right now? You think about that. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, our heart of stone has weighed us down and convinced us that we will never be right. And yes, we bank on your love, but we're reminded of how much we have failed. And that comes from the evil one. I pray that this day we would know and live into who we are by faith. We are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And for anyone here who's not made that decision, who's not trusted you, who's tried to spit polish themselves all their lives, may they stop and exchange their heart of stone for a heart of flesh and become all that you would have them be. And for the rest of us, Lord, remind us we can fly because we are new in you. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. High King of Heaven, my victory won. Do you believe it? I love this part on the back that we have notes. This, this last uh, sentence that the uh, session has put into our vision mission statement that we uh, are a biblical community that joyfully loves, lives, serves, and shares Jesus Christ wherever we go. And it's a challenge to take what you've heard today of who you are and live that new creation kind of life outside these walls. As you leave this place, may you leave knowing that you are new. The old is gone. The new has come. Father sees you as his son. Go in peace to love and serve him and make a difference. Amen.